0: a personal Apple Watch story, and more on virtualization with Parallels, Windows, and the M1 Macs. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Take full control of your subscriptions with Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com slash macvoices. This week's Mac Voices is supported by Collide, Collide is an endpoint solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT, end users. Learn more at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that happens to be, wherever you are. We are in the YouTube chat room at youtube.com slash macvoices TV doing Mac Voices Live. We wish you were here with us. Um, But if you're not, set your smart assistant, whoever he or she is, to remind you next Tuesday to do the same thing, because we will be back here next Tuesday doing exactly the same thing. Maybe not exactly the same thing, because there are a few different things tonight. Um, So I'm going to go around the panel, let, uh, let us see who's here, and let a couple of them introduce themselves, because we're doing something a little bit different tonight. Um, we invited the folks who are Mac Voices patrons through Patreon and therefore have access to the Mac Voices Slack, which is where I posted the invitation to join us. And we have a couple joining us so far. We may have more later. Um, the whole idea here was to um, let them see what it's like kind of behind the scenes, get their thoughts instead of just having us talk at them all the time. If you would like to do this, because I'd like to make this maybe, maybe not a regular thing, but kind of an ongoing thing. Um, If you are a patron and have access to the Mac Voices Slack, then great. You should have received the invitation. If for any reason you have not um, received an email, if you are a patron but are not in the Slack, please drop me an email, um, chuck at macvoices.com, because I try to uh, make sure those invitations get out. Sometimes it seems folks are excited and really interested, sometimes not so much. So that's fine. This is just one more little enhancement to it. So if you are a patron and have not gotten access to the Mac Voices Slack, please let me know. And if you want to get access to the Mac Voices Slack, become a Mac Voices patron at any level. Uh, We'd love to have you. So that's the first big introduction. So with that, we're going to go around the room and see who all's here.
1: Um, First up, Mr. David Ginsberg. David, good to have you as always. Great to be here Chuck. It's uh, always look forward to Tuesday nights and it's also great to see some of our patrons here. That's uh, awesome to see as well. I'm looking forward to the conversation and uh yeah, we're going to have some good chat here.
0: No question about it. No question about it. Also joining us tonight is the birthday boy himself, Mr. Jim Ray. Jim, great to have you. Thanks so much and thank you for uh, inviting us to your birthday party yesterday. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. You're welcome. Today I got someone asking me if I was a secret senior citizen and i had to tell them yes apparently <laughs> wow. apparently uh in california if you get contract work done you know at your house it's normally there's a 3 day period where you can take you know what do they call it you can change your mind but if you're a senior citizen it's 5 days so they had to ask me and i had to tell them the truth hmm. as of yesterday <laughs>
0: There's a benefit I didn't know about. That's that's interesting.
2: That's I didn't know about it either.
0: Well, I have to tell you, I've I told um, someone that I was going to a birthday party last night, and they said, "Oh, where?" And I said, "On Zoom." And they say, "What?" So, it, but it was a really really cool way to do it, you know, just yeah. to check in, hang out for a little while, and uh, and say happy birthday. So, that was official last night. We're saying it here in public tonight. <clears throat> And you have five days to change your mind um, <laughs> I'm out
2: I'm changing my mind
0: <laughs> um in order of joining, I will first welcome Eric Eric. thank you so much for being here. I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us what you do. yeah normally I'm
3: late i sh- I didn't realize that I should have come in a little later and I could have had more time uh i I work in i t um Supporting a department at a university in Wisconsin. Um, pretty much playing with uh, Mac OS machines and iPads uh, in the Department of Statisticians. Ooh,
0: that's, ooh, wow. That's great. That's great. I,
3: I don't have to do the statistics part. Yeah. But, okay, I've, okay. I've, <laughs> but
1: you work with very detailed, detailed oriented uh, users, <laughs> they, they know what they want. Yes.
2: <laughs> Eric and, has in, indirectly been on Mac Voices before because sometimes he'll be sending me text messages like, say this or ask this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh
0: so, so you're the puppet, Jim. I see.
2: <laughs> right?
0: good, to, right. good, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, last but not least so far here tonight, Mr. Webb Bixby. Webb, it's great to f- see you in person finally. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here.
4: Yeah. After all these years. Yeah. Um, my journey, I, I'm, I'm not a big Facebook guy. I'm not a big Twitter guy. You, you I don't post a lot. Um, my, my journey in, in, uh, uh, I'm a CEO of a life insurance company, but my journey started back in 1982 as a COBOL programmer mm. and, uh, uh, did that for a while. And then, uh, uh, at the same time that, uh, the life insurance business were doing these product illustrations came out with ibm pcs and i happened to be the guy that uh knew a little bit about the silly thing so so i started going down that path so that's kind of what i do um uh start out as a COBOL programmer and look where it got me so <laughs> uh,
2: well maybe for after dark you're gonna have to tell me how you became a COBOL programmer in 1982 because <laughs> i was around in 1982 and COBOL was already like pretty much in the rear view. But yeah, it's
4: <laughs> we'll get into that later. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I remember learning some COBOL in college, which you know would have predated the time you're talking about, web. And yeah. um so it's you know, I I too am a little surprised that it was well, of course I probably shouldn't be. The the way that corporate America always seems to be a little bit behind adopting things. Maybe it shouldn't be surprised that it was still in use in nineteen eighty two, but I'm not surprised it's still in
2: use. I'm just surprised somebody was starting. But there's probably a good story.
0: Yeah, we got to start somewhere, Jim. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to uh, do something I usually don't do. Um, I'm going to steal the spotlight for a second. um, Because I have a story that I want to tell everyone, because I think it is very, very important. Um, In last week's Mac Voices Dispatch, I mentioned that on Thursday I missed a regularly scheduled Mac Voices publication. and that doesn't happen too often unless something has really gone wrong and it really did go wrong. Um, Thursday morning, my girlfriend was doing some shopping with a friend and she had come out of a gift store and she was carrying um, some pieces of china along with several other things that she had purchased and caught her heel or caught her foot, I should say, and fell. And because she had her hands full, she really didn't have the chance to try to break her fall with anything other than maybe turning a little bit. She landed on the bags of china. And needless to say, the china shattered. Um, And she sustained a a blow to the head as well. And the china um, cut her. Um, And fortunately, The the good news is it it only cut her arm; it didn't cut anything else. Because if you you can well imagine, uh, you know that scenario and what could have gone wrong could have gone very wrong. So I spent the better part of Thursday in the uh, in the ER. Now, why am I bringing this up? Pardon me, I'm bringing it up because pretty much a couple couple minutes seconds after it happened, her Apple Watch uh, alerted me to the fact that she'd had a fall. She had had set up uh, the emergency notifications. It notified me, it notified her sister, and it also called emergency services. Now, she was not alone, so they'd have gotten around to that um, because, unfortunately, she was with a friend. But if she hadn't been with a friend, she would. it would still have notified her sister and notified me. I think we were both calling at the same time, and she was in no shape to answer. And when, she, when we did get through... Her friend answered the phone and said, you know, that she didn't the accident. What I didn't realize um, when something like this happens, though, is that the Apple Watch not only gives you the information on the fall. And, and the fact that it's owned emergency services, but it also notifies, uh, gives you a little Apple Maps icon that you can tap to show you where the individual is. And as i was driving cuz i was about an hour away from where she was as i was driving it changed it would give me an update on her location so i could see her not not see her obviously but see her location changing from where she'd originally fallen on the way to the hospital and when she got to the hospital so that was a feature i didn't even i didn't even know about so the good news is seven stitches later um an mri and a cat scan later and a number of bandages and um you know, some uh, antibiotic ointment, she's fine. So that was the good news. It would have been very easy for her not to be fine. And I just, I feel this This is so important. You know, we've talked about the Apple Watch as a health device several times here on lot, Live. And now I feel stronger than ever. If you don't have one, get one. If you um, If you have aging parents, if you have someone you care about, that is prone to falls or prone to accidents, by all means, get them one and make sure that you have them set up the emergency notifications properly so that they can, you know, get, that you can be notified should something bad happen. We all think it won't happen. We all think it can't happen. This time it happened. It has a happy ending, so that's a good thing. But there are a lot of lessons learned here, not the least of which is what the capabilities are of the watch. So that's why I, I wanted to relate to you first of all why I missed the Mac Voice's publication. But more important, I just wanted to, you know, do one more urging that, you know, this is uh, cheap insurance. There are three three people on this call that are in the insurance business one way or another. This is cheap insurance. Please go buy an Apple Watch. It's the end of the commercial.
4: Hey Chuck, can I add something to that?
0: Um sure. Webb, give me just a second here. Uh, okay. because I, I want to unspotlight myself um remove the spotlight there we go and before you do um any second now we will be joined by mr jeff gamut <laughs> pardon me there he is mr gamut himself
5: hello is it party time yet
0: it is party time it is party time awesome um, web you were going to make uh, oh I,
4: I was just going to say along the same lines as uh the the um uh issue that you brought up is also on the iPhone, the medical ID feature. Um, and uh, I strongly encourage people to, to use that. When the medical ID feature first came out, and I was seeing my physician for my physical or whatever, and I showed it to him, and he was really impressed about that. And, and my doctor was in a rather large practice, and uh, he had about 16 nurses come in. I was showing them how the medical ID worked. Uh, uh even if uh, you know, how, how you get to that without having to know the uh the uh ID to, or the the user ID to the password ID, I guess what I'm trying to say for the iPhone. So same thing, uh just an extension of that medical ID is also very important. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we we've kind of talked about some of this a lot, but it, it really, I mean, it really brought it home to me because You know, I'm 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 sitting on on a Zoom call or another different Zoom call, obviously, and the message popped up, and it's like I just talked to her, you know, like an an hour ago, you know. But that's that's how fast it can happen. And when I couldn't get her to answer after the first call, I was making arrangements to walk out the door, and you know, then got through on the second call and found out what you know, a few more details. But it just, um, yeah, it, yeah. You know, I, I don't even know what to say simply because it's just such an important thing. It and, is. you know, you don't have to be 85 to benefit from this or 75 or 65 or 55. You know, it could it could happen to any of us. You know, yeah. David could be going down this the uh, the slower steps. Jeff could be going down the steps at his place, you know, and
1: and if all scary. Yeah, very scary. I've done them enough times. Um, Me too. That, that, and. First off, uh, Chuck, I want to thank you for 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 sharing that story because th- this is I can't I can't tell anybody enough. And but the the fact of the matter that I that I do an iOS podcast every week, you've even now you've even motivated me. I want to talk about it again this week. But just not necessarily your story, but just to really emphasize how important it is and and do talk about the technology part of. God, make gosh besides the fact of buying an apple watch the fact of the matter is make sure it's turned on to have that that fall detection turned on because I can guarantee people like oh i don't need this and turns it off um a lot of t- the other thing too to be notified notified by is, i believe if you if, if, if the age is like around over sixty uh, might be sixty five when it's automatically enabled when you set up the Apple watch for the first time when you uh uh set up the health information and put your information in. So it's even enabled at that point when, when it's someone in an older age that, uh, uh, that, that, that it's enabled. So, uh, cause I, I can't thank you enough for sharing that that story, but I, I, I report these stories every week. It seems like we always have them. Someone fell or someone, uh, the the afib stories are always the big thing too and you know i was like when i was in my doctor's office the other day for for getting a checkup and the the, the nurse was like oh did you check the blood oxygen level and i said yeah and and, then she because she you know they always put the thing on your finger to to measure it and she's like oh i really need to get a newer watch because of course it's probably is like a series one or (laughs) series two or one of the ones that don't (laughs) have all these great new features now so but no thanks for sharing that 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 was just it's just so important and i think it's a, a great Great for the, for, the, uh, for the viewers and listeners to to, to hear this. And, and please, yeah, go get an Apple Watch if you don't have one.
0: This week's Mac Voices is supported by Rocket Money. Take full control of your subscriptions with Rocket Money at rocketmoney.com. What do you spend on subscriptions each month? Most of us think we spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but we actually spend closer to $200. If you're in this situation you have to check out Rocket Money. They help you manage and cancel subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about with just a tab. Sound familiar? That's because you've heard me talk about my favorite app, Truebill, before. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Truebill is now backed by Rocket Companies and just changed their name to Rocket Money. Why? Well, for one, Truebill has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. Bottom line: Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at RocketMoney.com/MacVoices. That's Rocket Money. .com/macvoices. Thanks to Rocket Money for their support of Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT end users. Old school device management tools like MDMs force disruptive agents onto employee devices that slow performance and treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide does things differently. Instead of forcing changes on users, Collide notifies your team via Slack when their devices are insecure and gives them step-by-step instructions on how to solve the problem. By reaching out to employees via a friendly Slack message and educating them about company policies, Collide can help you build a culture in which everyone contributes to security because everyone understands how and why to do it. That makes for a stronger security now and a stronger security future. You can meet your compliance goals by putting users first. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to find out how. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting this edition of Mac Voices. Not only turn on the fall detection, but make sure your emergency contacts are emergency contact, yeah, right, too. Who, who they should be. Um, and I do want to say in the in the age of HIPAA that I did receive her permission to share all of that medical information. Okay, Otherwise, yeah. I don't want
5: to be sued by anybody, including my girlfriend. Um, okay. so, hey, hey, Chuck, if, if yeah. it's any consolation, HIPAA doesn't apply to you. Right. Oh, okay. Because you're, you're, not, you're a not a medical uh, facility.
0: Oh, that's true. Okay. Well, it's, more I mean, of just, it's just, it's just nice more of a moral, a. Presi- a moral person, a moral position still nice uh, you to ask. permission. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah, no, I, I definitely ask her permission because you know it was it, I mean it was it was an accident. You know, the it wasn't... penalty
2: would probably not be a law penalty.
1: No, it would be a...
5: <laughs> why the
2: hell did you talk yeah, about it's that? Still a penalty <laughs>
1: Chuck
5: wouldn't want to have to face. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In fact, in i moral even, position. I might even prefer
0: the
2: law penalty. I'm
0: not
5: sure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> At least you'd be in a safe place.
2: Oh. My my grandmother but, uh, but died Thank, after thank you, you and uh, Web for
0: for sharing yours and David for you as well. Yeah. Um, I, so with that, di- um, my
2: grandmother died.
0: A... Let me see. My, I, um, I wanted to throw this into the. I'll throw it into the chat first. Now I want to ask David to comment on this. Sure. um First up, because this is a sort of a follow up thing to a discussion we were having a few shows ago about. Um, virtualization and Windows installation in Parallels. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing it in the uh, the YouTube chat room now. So, David, I'll let you take it away on that.
1: Yeah, uh, Parallels today announced that they released version 18 of Parallels, uh, uh, for, which is a virtualization software for uh, for the Mac. And uh, it's the standard edition and, and the Pro edition of all have come out today. Uh, I have been beta testing it for for a bit of time on a, on a on a secondary machine to, to try, try out the new features, um, but uh, there's always it's been, been obviously a hot discussion of the fact that you know being able to virtualize on an M1 or an, uh, or an M1 Pro machine is a bit of a challenge, and we had a bit of a debate uh, uh, on, on previous Mac Voices live here talking about the fact that oh, oh you can't you can only install an Insider version of Windows 11. Well, it's not true because uh, because Parallels has a version that they've worked out with Microsoft to allow for it to be installed, and you can buy a full, full, legitimate license for it. So, it does have the option to be able to uh, install uh, Windows 11. I've been running it for uh, since seven, version 17. It, it runs flawlessly. It's it's very fast, um, and uh, they've they've really made some. Uh, strides of enhancement again i've only have it having the final version as of today i just installed it funny chuck was just asking me about this uh, pre-show and i say i just installed it about half hour ago so (laughs) good timing um so uh so it's it's something to check out if you're looking to do some virtualization you can and you can virtualize windows um and that's the primary reason one of the biggest reasons why people want to do that virtualization software in itself is because there are times you know unfortunately we have to use windows for something you know there might be a particular program that runs in windows that doesn't run on a mac um there's some some things you want to test you know if you're if you know i work in both environments and that's it's my job to do that so i mean granted yeah i could have uh, boatloads of PCs and Macs all over the place, which I, I, sh- I shouldn't I should admit that I do, but I have a few. But, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, it, it just gives you um, a, a much easier way to just have it sitting on one machine, be able to do your testing. It does virtualize uh, uh, Mac OS as well. Um, there's still working through those uh, tweaks because it was like a specialized version of, of Mac OS Monterey uh, when it was in version 17. Uh, it was like more of a sandbox environment and being able to, to, to do some testing and then some things, but some things may not work, but it's saying it's going to be fully supported by, by Ventura when that comes out uh, in the fall. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, this is a, a great article on nine to five Mac talking about this. And I, I think it's uh, something that, uh, so I want to consider if you're looking to do that. I mean you can do you can do a Linux, you can do Mac OS, uh, but you got to remember it's going to have to be the ARM or 64-bit versions of those of those OSs. You can't you can't uh, uh, you can't be Windows XP or Windows Seven or any of the old uh, x86-based uh, OSs anymore. So if you need to do that, then you need to still maintain an Intel-based Mac, and, and I don't think it's going to get to a point where I don't think too many people are going to really want to deal with that anymore. So. Uh, but they've enhanced some stuff with the business stuff as well uh, uh, helping with IT managers for deployments of windows uh, through, through virtualization, because, you know, I think they're going to try to start to compete a little bit with windows and the fact that, you know, uh, the, the virtualization that, that windows provides in Azure. Um, so you're going to have uh, uh, a, a lot of other uh, things that are going to be available and parallels isn't sitting still with this. Cause it's, it's a big thing. And, you know, I think, Arm is here to say the Arm Arm based processors M one and the silicon for Apple. Uh, I think eventually PCs are going to probably they may look to lean towards those types in the in the architecture. Who knows? It's hard to say. Intel is in, in, in a lot of trouble right now. So, but uh, no thanks uh, for asking my opinion on this. I think I think it's uh, something that's great. Check a look, check that article out, and you'll get some good info about it too.
0: Yeah. Eric Webb, do either one of you do any virtualization um, in your positions or have a need for it?
4: Uh, I do a little bit, but instead of doing a, a virtualization, um, I have a, a data cabinet in a storage room in my office, and I do a, a um, remote desktop to, to that machine as opposed to uh, virtualizing. So. Hmm. so you're a closet PC user. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's more of a rack PC user. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
0: Uh, How about you, Eric?
4: Uh,
3: We do a little bit just kind of for testing, um, being able to kind of easily roll back to a previous point so that you can test, install some apps, roll it back, test, install again, um, mostly for documentation purposes. Otherwise, yes, we've got, Dedicated servers, and you just remote into those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. with the, with the advent of the cloud, I mean, and that's the thing. The cloud virtualization is a big thing now, especially with Microsoft and Azure. Uh, the the, uh, the the virtual virtual uh, drives that are out there from Microsoft, you, you know, you're seeing a lot of companies do that too. Uh, because they want to have a full out version of a, of a Windows machine besides their primary machine for for developers and being able to to, to test things, and not be breaking their laptop and having to. Call us IT people to have to reconfigure their laptop every time they do that. So, although they do call us anyway to to try to fix their their, their virtual machines too, because uh, they don't sometimes they don't uh, connect. So, uh, but yeah, it's it it's definitely a big thing. And 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 Parallels is, I think isn't standing still. You, you know, you, uh, v- VMware has their version of a two fusion, and they uh, uh, they they have just started coming out with their new version, and, and they're way behind. Which I was which I was kind of surprised because. You know, VMware is a pretty big company. Parallels is probably a little smaller, smaller in the sense of a company that that develops this type of software. So um it's it's good to see. I, I've been a Parallels fan for a long time. I probably can go back to version five and version six when I was I was I was installing it. So I've seen I've seen it evolve for a long time. Is is
2: Parallels outside of the Mac market? I think VMware is, you know, most of their business is enterprise stuff that's you know, like Windows on Windows and stuff in server, but Parallels. I think the Mac market is most of what their business is. Or am I wrong? It is. That? No, yeah, so maybe it does have. Maybe that's why, like VMware, is just sort of like, well, that's just a slice of our business.
1: No, so... it's it, it's pure Mac. They they do have um, Mac Business Edition. They have uh, remote applications. Uh, the Rraz, the remote application servers. They do. There's a Parallels desktop for Chrome OS. But more on the business side um, for home use. It's, yeah, it's purely Mac, um, but they do have another uh, interesting uh, product called parallel, the parallels toolbox. It has, uh, if anybody's here has used that before. It's, it's a, it's a great uh, thing with all kinds of crazy tools, including a lot of the stuff we already probably used a lot of the other applications that are already out there. Um, so, so yeah, they're, but they're, they're purely a Mac uh, uh, centric uh, company when it comes to their product. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, yeah, it struck me, you know, it's interesting why I brought up the virtual desktop thing, because yeah. I've seen that solution used successfully, and I've used it successfully when there was a need for um, a piece of software that ran only on on the PC. Um, but, you know, it's, it really is, I mean, we were joking, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago about just how cheap a piece, you know, you can get a fairly decent PC. Yeah. And that may be, you know, instead of jumping through all these hoops, I, I know it's not, not great to have a second machine tied on your desk or anywhere. And maybe like web, you put it in a closet or somewhere just to pull it out when you need it. Yeah. But that might be the simplest way to do it. And you can then easily move files back and forth one way or another, either a network or Dropbox or, you know, right. whatever.
1: So it, it just well, may be an easier an easier path. It is an easier path, but I think, you know, being able to back up a virtual version of windows it's a big giant file of course uh being able to go back and easily restore it you know it does have snapshots where you can take snapshots and and, then before you make any changes you can revert back to it i know windows has that easier uh, has that option too but not anywhere as easy as it is to do it in a, in, a, in a program like Parallels to to restore back to a what what happened before you installed the patch, let's say, especially Windows. I mean, that, I mean that, that patch management is a big thing with testing all the time. You have to go back and actually do a lot of testing. I mean, you, you don't just release patches in Windows; you have to test them first. Test them against all your applications. Make sure that it doesn't break anything. Um, before you do anything just like we do when when we're ready to upgrade to the next version of mac os i mean you know a lot of people don't resist to going to the new version of mac os and wait for the dot one or dot two and even the dot three version that comes out uh, before they release it before they install it on their on their primary machine but in in the uh and that's kind of applies in the, in the enterprise world too the same thing with windows there's plenty of companies are still stay, sticking with windows 10 for now um and then you know windows 11 is being looked at then then probably within another year i think you're going to start seeing a lot more adoption to windows 11 But Parallels gives that option to be able to do a lot of this virtual testing, not to have to set up all these, you know, yeah, granted, yeah, you can have a machine that sits in a rack, and you have a room that you put it in, but do you really want to take up all that, take up the space for that hardware when you really don't need it, you just have something virtual sitting on one machine, you could have 10 versions of, of, a, of a parallels image of, of in, in different states of uh, test. And, and I'm, I guarantee people do that. And uh, there's, there should be really no reason to have uh, a, a physical piece of hardware unless you really need to have it. And it depends on really what you're testing too.
0: Yeah, David, I think your approach is is absolutely proper for, you know, an IT guy like yourself. You know, right. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of some of the people that we have here in the chat and you know would yeah, to oh yeah. say I have one this one program that I really need to run and it's like oh. okay you know it your path of least resistance may be just buy a dedicated machine.
1: Yeah, if that's the case yeah for home use I mean uh, uh, parallels does offer the 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 home version uh, of this as well. Uh, but if, yeah, if it's something that you really want to depend on, you know, we have the, gave the example last time was uh, Microsoft Access. There's still a lot of people out there still using that. Uh, you know, maybe it'd be best to have it on a dedicated piece of hardware than just remote into it because of the of of performance, really, depending on how, much, how big the database is. And, you know, obviously you're not scaling an Access database versus a SQL server uh, right. uh, database. So,
0: yeah. <clears throat> Um, while we're doing follow-ups, I wanted to throw something else in that's eh, not exactly a follow-up, but sort of a follow-up, um, and that is the the, the stories that we're going around this week that uh, apparently nobody's playing games on Netflix. Um,
2: they had games <laughs> or watching Netflix.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, D-
5: Jeff, did you know that Netflix had games? I did, but it's only because when they first started doing the games thing. Uh, they sent out a press release and I was on the media list. Otherwise, I would have had no idea at all until seeing uh, the the news now that no one's playing the games. Uh, my take is that uh, people don't need to look at this as a failure on Netflix's part. Uh, this part of a broader strategy they have to be an all-encompassing entertainment platform and they don't need right now to be successful in games they just need to have the games and just let that kind of roll and build and then eventually they will probably have a uh a, a bigger space in the gaming market but i mean they'll never be like like microsoft uh in the in the gaming space um but you know i mean look, look at the way that netflix handled their original content it wasn't about in the beginning of uh, uh of having an immediate success. it was about getting the content out there and uh and then once they started to get some success, then they threw crazy money at at the whole thing and uh and have had a lot of crap and a lot of success um, so yeah, no one's playing Netflix games today and uh, well, i'm betting i'm betting they're okay with that but over time that'll change
2: you know i'm gonna guess that no one here is playing those games because i probably none of us have hardware that will run the games they won't run on ios i'm sure they don't run on a mac but what do they run on i don't know I i knew that they had games but i you know beyond that i don't know anything else like i didn't i guess i didn't realize they're included in the subscription I have, I guess, but I didn't know that. And I have no idea what
5: hardware. Does anybody here know what it runs on? That's so funny. I have no idea. Uh, I, was yeah, gonna, I don't either. I'm about know. to find out.
0: Yeah, well, while Jeff was looking that, that up, you know, I was going to ask that because um, when we were talking about games for, for Apple, um, Jeff made a point of explaining, you know, not, I mean, the iPhone, obviously, but, you know, with the, the Apple TV. You have the ability to connect controllers to that, and so, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same thing. You know, are these online games that you play on a Netflix? That, that article
2: you link to says it doesn't run on iOS, but it doesn't say what it does run on. Yeah, so,
5: yeah, it, it requires the Netflix mobile app. Yeah, it says I, that iOS on the their mobile app. Yeah, well,
2: this article says it doesn't support iOS. And there's some new tier that's coming out in partnership with Microsoft.
5: Whatever. That. Um, Netflix subscribers can play the games, which are available in the app on Android and iOS devices. So you need the Netflix app.
2: I wonder why this article says.
5: Does not. Uh hold on. I'm going oh, nice. to the Netflix help page. I just games. I just put a link
1: in the Zoom
0: Zoom
4: chat. Just
0: yeah, I'm just throwing it in the YouTube now. So
4: I'll check my Netflix app on my phone. Yeah. Yep. At least Yeah, the article's straight
5: it. up wrong because uh, and, uh Netflix's uh help document says that you need uh Android device running Android huh. eight or later yeah, or an iOS device running uh, ios 15 or later and and uh, their app so i'm repeating fake news sorry
0: <laughs> well oh, in the chat room says he-
5: thank Go you ahead. for putting the link in that uh, uh that i was referencing
0: oh no problem this mac voices panel is back in the next edition of mac voices to talk more about netflix games and also the mac studio and a possible mac mini redesign That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices,